What's news this week? Defrauding the Senate, breach of public trust, and accepting a bribe in connection with the Prime Minister's office. Jays were holding a two-game winning streak heading into a three-game series in Baltimore, facing the Orioles. He summarized the verdict of the 62-day trial and suggested that the criminal conduct came from then-Prime Minister Harper's office. Welcome to What's News This Week. I'm Zachary Camp. And I'm Nick Kenya. Today is Saturday, April 23rd, 2016. Great lineup for you guys today. We're so excited to be back after Finally. four weeks on hiatus. Yes. I had some exams to take care of, but uh, the show is here and we're ready we're to back. go. We're going to be we're talking. Ready. We're going to be talking about some really important stories. Yes. The uh, the death of Prince just yes, happened recently. That, that is crazy. Nick, you're going to be bringing us all yes. the details on that. A little bit of details on that. Andrew Loku and the coroner's report is being made public about his death. Uh, the Mike Duffy trial is in the news again. There was a recent decision on that, and the Saudi Arabia Canada arms deal is in the news. We'll tell you why. Then in sports, the Raptors are in the playoffs, round one against the Indiana Pacers. I got all the details about that series. We got the NHL playoffs going on, the first round, possibly the greatest round of playoffs ever. And we have a Blue Jays report. The boys of summer are back. So let's the get boys into of it. Summer. Gotta be happy about that. Oh, for sure. So we are gonna start with some sad news. We lost another music legend. First, it was David Bowie earlier this year, Fife Dog as well. And now we say goodbye to Prince. Prince was found dead in his home. Thursday in Minneapolis. He was dealing with the flu a few days earlier and his jet had to actually make an emergency landing to get him to the hospital. There's actually no word of it, the cause of death. Um, so we're still looking for more details on this story. And really cool link between Prince and sports. He performed at Super Bowl 41 where Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl. And I found a really cool video of his performance and basically the planning and everything that went into it and what kind of performer he was. So we'll throw up the link on the podcast and also on Twitter as well. On Thursday, Senator Mike Duffy was declared not guilty of 31 criminal charges in relation to the 2012 Senate expense scandal. The political storm erupted as a result of an inquiry into the expense reports of a number of active senators. Charges against Duffy and others included defrauding the Senate, breach of public trust, and accepting a bribe in connection with the Prime Minister's office. Judge Charles Valancourt, he summarized the verdict of the 62-day trial and suggested that the criminal Conduct came from then Prime Minister Harper's office. The ethics watchdog group Democracy Watchdog is calling for the prosecution of Harper's former chief of staff, Nigel Wright. The report by the RCMP clearing the PM of any evidence to the wrongdoing clearly contradicts the ruling by Judge Valancourt. He described the relentless unfolding of events as mind-boggling and the plotting as revealed in Senate emails unacceptable for a democratic society. Duffy was immediately reinstated with full Senate privileges. Stephen Harper still sits as MP for the riding of Calgary Heritage. After nearly one year of public campaigning by Black Lives Matter Toronto, the Special Investigations Unit will release a report into the police shooting death of Andrew Loku. Premier Kathleen Wynne stated the only reason for the delay now is sorting out which information will be withheld from the public. The group Black Lives Matter has repeatedly insisted on the release of the names of officers involved in Loku's death. Wynn suggested that those names could be censored from a version of the document made 
public. Black Lives Matter organizers remain committed to engaging in discussion with lawmakers, and Toronto Mayor John Tory invited the group to participate in a public forum on racial equality earlier this week. In a response issued on April 20th, the organizers of Black Lives Matter issued a tentative acceptance of the invitation, but remain skeptical that the forum will be too generic and not addressing their specific list of demands. Those demands include the immediate release of officers' names involved in Loku's death, the immediate public release of any video footage related to Loku's death, a complete overhaul of the Special Investigations Unit, and a commitment to the full elimination of carding. A $15 billion sale of light-armored personnel carriers from the Canadian government to Saudi Arabia is drawing criticism over concerns of human rights. Daniel Terp, a Quebec-based constitutional lawyer, he's leading the charge for a federal judicial review of the sale. A 2015 report by Human Rights Watch found the Gulf state continues to jail activists and repress women and religious minorities. The Harper government approved the sale in 2014. Shortly after being elected in October of 2015, the Trudeau government insisted the sale was a done deal and nothing could be done to recall the offer without violating international law. However, it was revealed that final approval came in early April when Global Affairs Minister Stéphane Dion approved export permits. According to Canadian law, the sale of military technology is banned from nations with a record of violating human rights of civilians. Now to the Raptors playoff report. The Raptors lead the series 2-1 over the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers earned the split in Toronto, but the Raptors took back home court advantage with a 101-85 win. It was a statement game for the Raptors Thursday night. Most importantly, DeMar DeRozan got back to his scoring ways after a tough first two games. Coming into Thursday night, he was just 10 of 37 from the field and 0 for 5 from three-point range for the first two games. In Monday's victory, he didn't even attempt a free throw. Second time this has happened all season. He had no trouble in Game 3 though. DeRozan made his first three shots, scored 12 points in the first quarter, and finished the game 7 of 19 from the field and went 7 of 9 from the free throw line. A huge night on defense as well for Toronto as they shut down Paul George for the most part. He did finish with 25 points but only went 6 of 19 from the floor and 1 of 8 from behind the arc. 21 huge points from Kyle Lowry, 17 from Damari Carroll, who did an excellent job guarding George. Here's Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan on the play of Carroll. Yeah, that's big. You know, that's definitely big. <clears throat> and, you know, he playing great defense at the same time. You know, um, that's what we expected when he, you know, came to this team, and it sucks that he had to miss so many games. But, you know, that's the DeMari we know. Yeah, I agree. I didn't even know he had 17 points. It's pretty, this is a bonus of the things he's doing. Game four will go today at 3 p.m. On to the Stanley Cup playoffs report. On Thursday, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the St. Louis Blues were looking to punch their ticket to the next round, both leading 3-1 in their series. The Lightning were first to do so, beating the Detroit Red Wings 1-0 on a late period goal in the third by Alex Kalorn. And out they come. Brought out by Ryan Callahan off the boards, all the way back down. Marazic, a soft clear. Callahan in front, they score! Alex Killorn on the doorstep! And finally, Tampa Bay breaks the ice. In game five between the Blues and Blackhawks, it would need two overtime periods for it to be decided. Cue Patrick Kane. A tiny piece of that long clip shot. Kane to the other end. Trying to split a couple of checks, Kane turns around the wraparound and a save out of the 
Johnson. He shoots and never got through. Johnson again. Taking away Bonnister. Then Connick got it back. In front, Kane around a check to the backhand. He tried to shot. Oh, he didn't have a rebound. Well, Hawks win. Patrick Kane. Elliot arguing about it, but this was a good goal call on the ice. And Patrick Kane has kept his team season alive. Game five, Saturday night in the United Center. Now to the Blue Jays report, where the Jays were holding a two-game winning streak heading into a three-game series in Baltimore, facing the Orioles. Marcus Stroman was on the mound Tuesday to open the series, and the Stroh Show was on as he went seven strong innings, giving up three runs and striking out three. A double by Jose Bautista in the seventh scoring Michael Saunders would be the winning run as the Jays hang on for a 4-3 win as Stroman picks up his third win of the season. The Orioles would flip the script on Wednesday, winning it in extras 4-3 as Baltimore's Caleb Joseph scored the winning run on a pass ball. The Jays closing out the series Thursday, again falling to the Orioles, this time 3-2. Marco Estrada got the start for the Jays, going 5 innings, striking out 9 and giving up 1 run. That effort would be wasted as the Orioles would play 1 run in the 7th and another in the 8th to win the series. While we were recording this episode of the podcast, Chris Colabello, the Jays' first baseman, received an 80-game suspension without pay. He tested positive for a performance-enhancing substance in violation of the MLB's Joint Drug Prevention and Treatment Program. We'll have more details on this story next week. Now on to our last story of the day. Uh, We didn't initially have this in the lineup, but we had to cover it because it's something that comes along that's very unique. It's a good mix of both hilarious and disturbing, I thought. Uh, It's the story about the 30-year-old who was caught playing in a high school basketball tournament. Turns out that he had immigrated from South Sudan, and he was enrolled in a high school in Windsor, playing on a great, like, enrolled as a grade 11, playing on a high school basketball team in a tournament. He falsified information under the Immigration Refugee Protection Act, and the reason he was caught at all was because the coach of an opposing basketball team, uh, he he saw him and he, he said, called him out. Yeah, he's just like this guy looks thirty. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. I I thought that was amazing. I can't believe the cojones on this guy. Oh, first yeah. of all, his name Jonathan Nicola. His passport. And student visas said he was born November 25th, 1998. There's no way in hell that this dude looked 17. But his actual birth date is November 1st, 1986, which means he's 29. And the craziest thing about this story is his own coach right. said he had a chance at the NBA. <laughs> at the end, like, I, I, that's really weird because... If you're 29, you don't have a shot at the NBA. No, you you you've already reached your max potential. You reached it at like 25. <laughs> okay. Right around our age. All right. And then <laughs> but the coach said like he didn't really have a big impact on the team or didn't really play that much. Yeah, because the coach is still thinking that this guy is going to grow for another six years, 10 10 years and develop that much more as a player. The coach was it on it? Let's just say that. He's just covering his ass. 
he Straight that up. must have been saying, what it was. Saying that he really had no involvement in the team or anything like that. That's the thing. The coach That's has gotta plausible. Be he's got plausible deniability. He's yeah. not facing any charges on this. He's just saying, yeah, somebody came through. We trust yeah. that the government is doing their due diligence. Due diligence when they have people immigrate to this country. And imagine a 29-year-old sitting in a classroom with a bunch of 17-year-olds. That's what makes it so disturbing. That's, he was attending regular school. That is crazy. Yeah. So that's that's just a story that we thought was bizarre from this week and something that you guys should be paying attention to. You've probably already heard yeah, about it, sure. but we wanted to provide some of the details. <sighs> That does it for this week's episode of What's News This Week. If you think someone you know needs to know what's news this week, then share the show with them. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, and you can tweet me. I'm at the Campwire. And I'm at Canyonick. And the show, you can find on Twitter at WNTW Podcast. Abbreviated. <laughs> to make things simple. I'm going to be traveling for work over the next few weeks, so we won't be back next Saturday, April 30th, but we'll be back in a couple weeks' time with new episodes for you to catch you all up on what's news each and every week. Thank you for listening. I'm Nick Kenya. And I'm Zachary Kent.